Hello, and welcome to our weekly message. In today's message, Pastor Myron continues our sermon series called Modern Family. This week's message is titled Parenting on Purpose, from Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. We're continuing our teaching series this morning, uh, titled Modern Family and Raising Healthy Families in a Challenging World. What's a family memory for you that makes you smile? Grace and I were talking about one here recently uh, from our family when our guys were quite a bit younger. But my girl's given name, of course, is Grace. And over the years, I mean, well, she's heard the shtick comments many, many, many times. So if you're thinking of saying one to her, like, it's okay, nobody's head will explode, but just know she's heard them many times. You know, you're gathering for a meal, and someone looks at her and smiles and says, let's say grace. She's just heard it lots of times. Or uh, she had a classmate in Bible college that would sing a line from an old hymn to her, grace that is greater than all my sin. Or, uh, you know, they'll say amazing grace and kind of smile at her. Now, she is amazing, but again, she just heard them all lots. However... There was one time uh, when our oldest son was 10, and on Mother's Day, he serenaded his mom with his take on the opening line of Amazing Grace, and we thought it was pretty good. And we've always remembered it with a smile. And he sang to his mom, Amazing Grace, how sweet the mom who bore a wretch like me. We thought that was pretty good. What's a memory from your growing up in your family or in the family of children that you're raising that puts a smile on your face? This morning as we continue in these, uh, this teaching series, for just a few moments before us, I want us to reflect on one verse of scripture from the wisdom literature, Hebrew wisdom literature. It's Proverbs 22 and verse 6, and there God's word gives us insight for parenting on purpose. Parenting on purpose, this is the verse from God's word. Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. Now, that's an, a rendering very accurately of the original, but obviously it's not intended to be gender exclusive. Boys and girls, young men, young women are in view here. So we could say, train a child in the way he or she should go, and when they're old, they will not turn from it. There are four truths that I want us to see this morning, four truths in brief from that one verse of Scripture for parenting on purpose, for moms, for dads, partnering with the Lord Jesus in shepherding and raising their children after the heart of God. First of all, I want you to see that there is an instructional principle in that verse of Scripture. The opening words say, train a child. The word train is a word from archery, and it actually means to aim, to carefully aim. And so, for example, in Psalm 127 and verse 4, the Word of God says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. So the word train conveys the idea of aiming your children. Well, how would we aim our kids? Let's reflect on some of the ways in ancient times that word train was used. It was used, for example, in the sense of submission. And so... A horse was trained, brought into submission by the place of a bit in the animal's mouth. Our kids are born with a fallen sinful nature. They're born with a natural disposition to rebel against God. That's the way we're all wired. We come into this world as fallen individuals. That means that fallen part of our children's lives must be brought into submission in our homes to parental authority in the home and to the Lord God himself. And so moms and dads, through loving, 
consistent discipline. That's how God calls us to train our kids, to bring that aspect of their lives into submission to us and to the Lord our God. And so in our homes, we establish clearly delineated expectations for behavior and the consequences when the behavior is not followed in lovingly, we follow through with discipline. Here's another way the word train was used. It was used in Genesis 14 and verse 14 in the sense of skills. Skills for life. So, for example, one dad says he's trying to raise his kids using what he calls the wagon wheel of life. And at the hub of the wagon wheel is God. Faith in God. That's the thing that holds it all together. And then there are four spokes. The one spoke you'll see is relationships and lifelong learning, money management, and self-care. How to get proper rest and nutrition and exercise. Just one way that one parent was seeking to build life skills, important life skills, into his kids' lives. And in so doing, that's training. That's carefully aiming our children. The word is also used in antiquity in the sense of stimulation or stimulating. And it was used in kind of a unique way. Uh, food was placed in ancient times on the palate of a child to stimulate taste, to stimulate the taste buds. Friends, we want to stimulate in the lives of our kids this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. To that end, pray earnestly for your kids and model Simply live out an authentic faith in the Lord Jesus before them. Somebody has said 90% of parenting is showing up. Now, I don't know about the percentage, but I do know this. Moms, dads, simply showing up, being physically, emotionally present in the home, and then seeking to live an authentic passion for Jesus before our kids. That is huge in terms of stimulating in them a heart for the Lord Jesus. Now, moms and dads, we're all works in progress. We're not always going to get this right all the time. But as we press into Jesus, he will help us to train, that is, aim our kids in a way that will bring blessing into their lives, joy into our home, and glory to God. All right, that's the first truth. There's an instructional principle in the verse, and there is an invaluable person in that verse of Scripture. It says, train a child. I love the way Psalm 127 verse 3 puts it. Children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb, a reward. Now, moms and dads obviously cooperate with the process in terms of making babies. But in the strictest sense, a child, hear this now, is a gift from the very heart of God. It's the Lord God who fashions life Within the womb of a woman. This is ultimately the Almighty's prerogative. Amen? And in this life, kids are some of God's greatest gifts to us. So it's crucial then that in our parenting, in our actions, and in our attitudes, we own the heart of God for those precious lives that he has entrusted to our households. Remember, moms and dads, you cannot not communicate. The attitudes that we have in our hearts inevitably are reflected. So may God fill our hearts with the value, the infinite value and in love for our children that he has for them. I love this piece. Hear this piece. Conception. Today my life began. I'm a girl. And I will have dark hair and brown eyes and brown skin. I'm going to be five foot four and I will have a beautiful singing voice. 
I'm now 24 days old and my heart is beating and pumping blood throughout my body. Just think. It will beat gently for the rest of my life without ever stopping to take a break. I'm now 40 days old and the doctor can measure my brain waves. What do you suppose I'm thinking about? Today I am eight weeks old and all systems are go. I have a skeleton, a nervous system, as well as digestive, circulatory, and respiratory systems. I move around a lot and I have the footprints and fingerprints that I will have for all of my life. Oh, today the doctor also told my mom that I'm definitely here. Today I'm 12 weeks old and I've discovered an interesting thing sticking out of the top of my hand. I like to suck my thumb. I began to shake, rattle, and roll when I was only two months old, but now that I'm five months old, my mom thinks I am the karate kid. I already resemble my parents. I am now nine months old, and it's time to leave this warm, dark place. That is the first nine months of life. Is it any wonder that King David would say, oh my goodness, God, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And again, that's nine months of a lifetime. That the father, working by his spirit through a mom and dad, has the opportunity now to shape and mold a child and aim them in the direction that they will be a difference maker in this world for the glory of God. So we remember the invaluable person. Those kiddos are precious. Amen? Here's the third truth in the verses. There's an intentional process. The verses imply an important intentional process. It says train a child in the way he should go. Focus on that word way. In the way he should go. I want to give you the verse from the Amplified Bible because it really gives a great take on what is being taught by that word way. Train up a child in the way he or she should go in keeping with their individual gift or bent. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. Our kids are so incredibly unique, and we know that as parents. It's amazing how a mom and a dad can have uh, children, and they're just so incredibly unique. Why is that? Uh, well, in our world, there are at least, you know, in the big picture way of looking at it, sort of two ways to manufacture automobiles. Uh, first of all would be the big three-way, and that's an assembly line where over a thousand vehicles are cranked out every day, every minute a new car rolls off the assembly line, and of course they can do that because it's an assembly line. All of the cars are exactly the same. Then there's the Ferrari way. If the big three roll a vehicle off the assembly line every minute, it takes 18 months to 24 months to build one Ferrari. Now, there's a difference in sticker price. But the classic beautiful red sports car, now that vehicle has lots of hands-on attention and exacting attention to detail and lots of TLC. And of those two pictures, which one do you think reflects the way God has his hand upon our kids' lives? It would surely be the latter. 
He's so intimately involved. It's hands-on. It's the work of a lifetime for our Father and the lives of the children that he has entrusted to us. And that means that kids are not cookie-cutter. They don't come from an assembly line. They're not all the same. In fact, within the same household, children can be so incredibly different with different pursuits and passions and personalities. Some of our kids will be athletic. Others will be artistic or academic. They have different ways in which they receive love. Their love languages are so unique. Some will be strong-willed. Some will be compliant. They're just so incredibly different. What this means for us moms and dads is we must observe our kids very carefully. Listen to them patiently and ask God earnestly to give us insight into the way that he has fashioned them so we can come alongside them and affirm them and cheer them on in exactly the way that God has wired them to be. Well, there's one more truth in the scripture, and the last truth is this. There is an incredible promise in the verses. Train a child in the way he or she should go, and when they are old, they will not turn from it. This is an example in Hebrew wisdom literature of a general promise as opposed to a specific promise. In other words, the general principle here is that a mom, a dad, who are followers of Jesus by faith and asking God for grace in their home, generally speaking, they will have children that follow and honor the Lord Jesus. But we know that this is not a simple equation. It's not always the way it works. Go right back to the very beginning. Adam and Eve had the perfect father. And what did they do? They made a disastrous choice that wreaked destruction on all of humanity and the entire universe. So it doesn't always work that way. We know that in general the principle holds, but there will also be situations in our lives where the kids that God brings into our homes, perhaps for a season... Or longer than that, they get away from God. But nevertheless, I want us to hear what the Word of God is saying in this verse. And what does it say? Train a child in the way he or she should go, and when they are old, they will not turn from it. In general, our kids, when raised in the nurture and admission of the Lord, they will follow Jesus. But for that kid that gets out there, how often do we hear stories where at some point in their life, Seeds of truth sown when they were in the home, that coupled with the faithful, persistent, expectant prayers of mom and dad have arrested that child, perhaps in their adult years, and drawn them back to God. What we know is the song that we sing together in church is true, right? He's the way maker. Even when I can't see it, you're working. Our father is persistently and patiently and lovingly pursuing our kids all the time. And certainly those who are prodigals. So don't give up, moms and dads, if that reflects part of our journey. Know that God is faithful, his word is true, and we lean into him with prayers. And that expectantly looking forward to that day when Jesus, who is real to us, becomes real to the lives as well of all of our kids. So to wrap up, just a few thoughts very quickly in conclusion. Here's one. Moms, dads, pray like crazy and do everything that you can to lead your kids to faith in Jesus. 
Pray for them. Partner with the Spirit of God to do all you can to lead your kids to faith in Christ. Secondly, study your kids carefully. And again, ask Jesus for insight into their character, their way. Thirdly, provide consistent, loving discipline. Four, keep open lines of communication. Tell your kids and mean it. Any subject, any time. What's more, any subject, any time on the part of mom and dad will be accompanied by this response. We will do our very best, no matter the subject or the statement, to listen with ears open and dial the emotion down. Any subject, any time. Open lines of communication is huge. And finally, with faith-filled expectation, trust God for some of the most rewarding years of your life. Let's pray. Father... For the gift of children. For some of us, for the gift of grandchildren. We give you thanks. They are a heritage from the Lord. They are a reward. They're a gift. And we celebrate, Father God, your goodness. Now for every mom and dad, for every grandparent, Lord Jesus, together we come before you and we pray that you'd give us wisdom and grace and strength and patience and joy as we seek to shepherd our families in the ways of our King. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our weekly message. Proverbs 22.6 is an example of Hebrew wisdom literature. This verse gives us a general promise that most often when parents love and follow Jesus, so will their children. This is not a guarantee, but a general rule. Our God uses the influence of the home to powerfully shape kids and send them into adulthood to live their faith. And so often when there's been a season of getting away from God, God uses seeds of truth sown in the home and the faithful prayers of mom and dad to call their son or daughter back to God. If you're finding that your family is struggling, or if you have a child that has strayed away from God, and you want someone to talk to and pray with, please email us at help at hhachurch.com. That's help, H-E-L-P, at H for Harvest, H for Hills, A for Alliance, church, C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. We would love to talk with you and pray with you and help you find the support and the resources you need. For all the parents out there, let us do all that we can to lead our kids in faith in Christ. Study our kids and pray for insight into their character. Provide consistent, loving discipline. Maintain open communication. And trust God for some of the most rewarding years of our lives. Now these words from Ephesians 3, 20-21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generation, forever and ever. Amen. May God bless you and your family as you go into the remainder of your day to be the hands, feet, and voice of Jesus.